Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of HR Tech Chat. And with us today, we have Nate Smith, who is founder and CEO of Lever, which is a West Coast-based talent acquisition technology company. And um, I'm really looking forward to, to this conversation. Welcome, Nate, to the, to the podcast. Thanks, Brent. I'm uh, excited to chat. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, we've spoken before. Um, I think the first time we spoke was last summer, maybe maybe around this time, um, almost exactly. That'll be funny if it were exactly a year from from then. <laughs> anyway, I'll go back in my uh, calendar. I'm a calendar um, uh, hoarder, so we'll I'll know for sure after this 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 um, this episode. But anyways, great to be speaking with you again. Thank you for joining the chat, and um, we have a few things we want to talk about today. Just um, around, well, let's start here. I mean, there's so much to talk about and I, I think we'll cover a lot of ground, but where I'd like to start is I'm very curious of what your take is as, as a leader of, 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 um, of a company whose technology is focused specifically and whose mission is focused specifically in helping employers find high, particularly high value talent for upper, upper echelon roles this sort of thing. I'm just curious what your take is in general on, on the talent market right now coming out of the, well, at least for some parts of the world, or at least hopefully we're coming out of this pandemic. What What's going on with the talent market, the, the war for talent right now? We hear this thing about the, the great resignation. Is that real? I wish I'd come up with that term. It's an awesome term. I wish I'd come up with it. <laughs> um, I think it was at A&M, Texas A&M University, uh, person who came up with it. But anyways, what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, there is a lot happening. Um, and as you alluded to, you know, it's not necessarily that um, it's all exactly the same in every geography around the world. Um, but I would say that there's a global trend that's been going on for, uh, you know, at least a decade now of uh, it being harder and harder for companies to fill talent in key positions in particular. Um, but even, you know, most recently, we've been seeing this as well with volume roles, too. Um, a lot of companies talking about just having a, a shortage of talent in general. Um, and so you, you mentioned like Lever, we've uh, we've always been inspired by helping you know, in particular knowledge workers and um, kind of high value uh, talent hiring. Uh, but it also is the case that a lot of companies, you know, they need to do a mix, right? So um, you're actually... Uh, thinking about hiring in a whole variety of locations, which might have different local talent markets, uh, different roles, which are going to have different characteristics. And, you know, we really want Lever to be a platform for all of those different types of hiring. Um, but often the tip of the spear is what are those roles that are holding you back from being able to uh, hit your strategic plans for the year? Right. So a, a lot of times get executive teams, they come together or even the, you know, get input from the board and they say, our goal for this year is we're going to move into this market or our goal for this year is we're going to release this new product that has these capabilities. And we think that's the, the step forward for our market or our product's great, but where we need to double down is marketing or sales. Mm. And so, you know, executive teams are coming to talent organizations with, uh, with plans, OKRs, you know, what, what have you. And talent organizations are often finding themselves in a position of being in a bit of a crunch. Um, traditionally, the crunch is, hey, we're experiencing, uh, you know, 
we've we've got these plans we need to figure out how to help we're also busy we our team needs to be bigger too <laughs> so yeah. how are we going to make this all happen um and you know now with your your point around the kind of topic of the great resignation that's just making that even more challenging if you're at the same time losing people that you really rely on to make um to make that foundation of that plan work um so if you have to think about not only uh, where do we want to go, but also do we have the existing uh, kind of foundation to hit our, our normal growth plans? Um, you can see how it can become, you know, really quite a stressful thing to try and manage all those different competing concerns at the same time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, I think there is a lot going on. I think the res great resignation, it is something that is a reality for a lot of folks. You know, we've had folks that are it's been uh, over a year now for a lot of a lot of people where they've had, uh, you know, a bit of a, a pause in terms of uh, what they were used to. And so now they're coming out of that. And that's a moment of reflection. You know, times of change are always moments of reflection. And um, this is a really important time for organizations to engage with their people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I always I often say that um, there's a lot of talk in the HR industry of engagement and has been for some time. And it's a really important topic. Uh, but a lot of times just understanding that you have an engagement problem isn't necessarily enough because what do you do next? Um, and I think talent acquisition, interestingly enough, is often the best tangible solution to an engagement problem. If you can find someone a new role inside the company that is going to reinvigorate them get them excited about the future, that's really the ticket to fully solving an engagement problem rather than just delaying it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of companies were speaking with a lot of our customers are talking about uh, internal mobility, um, you know, being able to reskill or upskill their talent, um, you know, leadership training for a lot of folks. Um, these are all really hot um, topics within the HR industry at large, but uh, we're seeing with higher growth companies, uh, it really amplified. And um, that's mm -hmm. something that I would say every company would be wise to pay attention to is, are we keeping the folks on our team that are most critical to hitting our goals? Mm -hmm. Not just thinking about the new folks we're bringing in, but um, the existing folks we have, and are they still challenged? Are they still engaged? Can we find them an opportunity inside the organization? Yeah. Oh man, just uh, so so many uh, just nuggets in there that you that you shared, and 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 I think you're right. I obviously, um, and I agree with you. Um, this idea that you know hiring isn't you know talent acquisition isn't just um, well hiring isn't just external, right? There is right. internal hiring as well, and you know, and talent acquisition isn't just this. Even though it's it is a points it is a it's a point solution that has persisted in terms of uh, being that that um that very high level sort of um what's the word it's an organization that has any kind of uh, complexity in its talent acquisition needs it's not necessarily going to be able to make do with with sort of an off-the-shelf recruiting talent acquisition ats solution that comes with any number of the um sort of the large hcm suites out there you really need mm -hmm. to go out there and find uh, a best, you know, the the best of breed, you know, that 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 term that's been around for a long time. So, and and that's been my opinion for 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 years. Is you know, I think talent acquisition just persists, and that's because it's such a complex thing. Um, and the fact that it's that that it also needs to integrate very seamlessly, in in my opinion, with 
with with learning, with onboarding, um, all these sorts of things. And and what you mentioned about engagement is really important. Um, you know, you think back to uh, any kind of role that you've started that you're really excited about. I mean, yeah. in my opinion, <laughs> in my opinion, an employee, and you know, this is up to debate. You know, but in my opinion, an employee is at least potentially um, the most productive when they're or wants to be the most productive when they're brand new in their role, right? Because there's that newness, there's that, that excitement. And so the faster you can onboard them, uh, the faster, the fast, and, and, the, and the better match they can be at the very outset of their relationship with the organization, the better. And I guess that's where I want to, um, might be a good segue right there. And uh, from what I'm hearing is you're, you know, it sounds to me like Lever is help, helpful with finding organiz, helping organizations find that the purple squirrel, so so to speak. Um, I heard that term for the first time, uh, interestingly enough, just a couple of years ago. But uh, I was called the purple squirrel, actually. And I, and, uh, <laughs> well, that's a good compliment, Brent. You should take that. That's a badge of pride. Good stickers. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah, I, yeah, after I was like, oh, yeah, I guess, yeah. But anyways, um, I, I'm not trying to toot my own horn here. But uh, but yeah, the, the idea of a purple squirrel. So it sounds like you folks help organizations find purple squirrels? Yeah, I, I'd say it's important to have squirrels of all colors, um, but you certainly need some purple ones. Um, and that's often the situation we see with customers is there's there's some role that's kind of the tip of the spear. It's that key hire, critical hire. People have a million words for this, but it's all kind of the same idea. It's like, if we don't hire this person, we can't even get this initiative off the ground. and. Um, at the same time, you also do need a certain volume of roles. And then how do you manage those two realities at the same time? So I think it's not just that we help with hiring um, some very particular individuals, but the fact that we do that in addition to helping the company scale um, as a holistic package in one place, that's actually really the, the key. And the way we've always talked about that is this idea of, which we're now excited to see more and more people have embraced of this idea of the talent acquisition suite, where it's, uh, it is an ATS, but it's also a CRM and it's one holistic solution. It's not something you have to piece together, but the, you know, the kind of, you get this offering um, straight from us and it works out of the box because everyone actually needs that these days. Um, and something Lever also has is Lever Nurture, which is a big part of finding the purple squirrels. So um, what we see successful organizations doing today is a mixture. They're uh, going out and they're sourcing to find the talent that is really particular that they uh, need, in addition to needing to handle high volume of applicants for other roles. Um, and you know maybe they're also doing some amount of something in the middle, like a referral program or uh, maybe they host events or go to universities or, you know, whole variety of other different sources of hire. Um, and it's, it's not one or the other. In fact, it's kind of a portfolio approach. You have to do all these different things together. Mm -hmm. And other systems haven't really been built for that kind of mixed mode or, you know, multi-channel approach to talent acquisition. They've been very much focused on one workflow. Um, and it, it's always been our... Um, idea that similar to kind of the sales CRM market, you know, you look at Salesforce, Salesforce is a system and, you know, through the Salesforce products, you can do 
you can bring together a whole different variety of things with your customer relationships in one place, right? So with Salesforce, you can, of course, you can do um, your initial kind of sales outreach, but also down the road, you know, you need to do upsells or renewals, or um, you want to bring in more data from your marketing technology stack, and you want to bring in data from your customer support organization. And as we've seen, um, over time, that creates a lot of value. Um, I think that talent acquisition is going through a similar uh, technology revolution that we've seen in sales and marketing. Mm -hmm. And there's a ton of really exciting things happening because um, we're really seeing a lot of technology evolution enabling people to do all these different things um, while still, uh, you know, having, you know, you need a lot of automation to be able to handle this while still being able to have a really good candidate experience where you build uh, really great relationships with the candidates you're speaking with. Mm -hmm. um, and to do that, you you need technology platforms to help you uh, be able to do all of that at scale. Yeah, that's that. I love the the um, the the idea of a CRM, right? And I mean, mm -hmm. you know, it's even is the same acronym, which I think yeah, is it so works. It works magically well for some reason. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. And and you know, and, and already thinking, you know, uh, yeah, you, you reach out to somebody who might be a, a very high value person. They just have a, mm -hmm. a really you know a great uh, it's this collection of skills and capabilities and whatever, and maybe maybe they weren't right for the organization right then. Yes, but maybe they'd be right later. And and if you're not, if you if you if you have a system in place that doesn't really, you know, the left hand isn't speaking to the right. This is actually my right hand. The left <laughs> hand to the right hand, right? <laughs> for the viewers, anyway. Um, you may have to like go through that whole process all over again. Maybe not even get to that person again, right? And maybe you're not exactly. doing anything in the interim to keep them sort of in, engaged even just a little bit so that you're on the periphery of their thinking at least so that, oh yeah, those guys, yeah, I'll talk to them again or something like that. So so that that whole candidate relationship management uh, concept is 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 not lost um, on me at all. I mean, that that that's super important. And how, how do you think it helps? So. Just taking a step back, I was having a conversation with somebody else a while back um, and a few months ago, and it was around this idea, and, and, and we all know this, you know, marketing went through this, this I think about 10, 15 years ago, um, uh, and HR, when I say HR, I mean, HCM, the whole thing, you know, entry mm -hmm. level, talent acquisition, everything. Right. You're going through it now, this measurement thing where, you know, mm -hmm. it's exactly measurement. Right. So. How does a CRM candidate relationship management and lead like candidate lead nurturing and all this stuff you're talking about? How does that how does that factor into talent acquisition uh, professionals? Maybe maybe um, you know measuring their success mm -hmm. differently or more dynamically or better. Yeah, that's a great uh, great topic and something that uh, we're really engaged on and um, working and partnering with a lot of our customers to help develop best practices for their organizations. Because as you said, it is in a lot of cases, something that, um, you know, the, the industry is evolving in. And so this is an area where uh, we find that it's really important for us, in fact, to, um, to really engage and partner with our customers to figure out how can we uh, measure that company's goals. Um, we can provide a lot of best practices out of the box, but then also um, following that through with, um, 
in the implementation process, as well as um, you know down the road, making sure that we're able to to see the results of of all that effort that the town acquisition team is putting in. And a lot of times, what people are looking to answer starts with really fundamental questions. Um, a lot of times, you know, when you when you are going through a a big transition to mature. Uh, an interesting thing that we've observed time and time again is that the first thing you need to do is not add more complexity, but rather simplify. Um, mm. This is something you see oftentimes with companies as they go through their growth evolution too, is um, you, know, you, you start as a small company, you get a bit bigger, you add more complexity. You get a bit bigger, you add more complexity. And there comes a point where you see, wow, like in order to be more predictable, we actually have to simplify so we can get our hands around the whole situation and we can understand everything that's going on. And then you can kind of layer on top of that again. So uh, when we were talking about being effective with um, some of these ideas like nurturing, um, I always say, let's start with basics, right? Let's go back to the basics. Um, this often also works in sales and marketing, by the way. And um, one of the very first things you want to look at is, do we have a shared understanding of our methodology, like our process, but not just process from the perspective of like rules, right? Um, actually really understanding what are the different steps? Why are those the steps? What are we looking to achieve at those different steps? What do they all mean? Mm -hmm. um, so that certainly applies to the interviewing pipeline. It also applies to um, objectives around say sourcing. If you're gonna say, hey, we want to be able to move away from spending so much money on outside agencies. We think we should be able to hire more roles ourselves. You need to set measurable goals around that um, and be able to attribute that activity that your team does to outcomes. Mm -hmm. um, so it's really important that um, to your question on analytics that there is one true system of record. What we've seen in the market um, really gets in people's way is when they have a separate CRM from an ATS because it's difficult to connect those two together in terms of understanding what is all that top of funnel activity ultimately for? Like what, how are we gonna measure whether that actually had impact down the road? Because a lot of times those systems don't uh, connect the dots until someone's already actively interviewing. But most of the work you're doing is before that. Um, so we think having one system of record is is a big part of it. And that's why um, we have built Lever as one software platform, one interface that really does both things um, and has you know separate pipelines for uh, lead nurturing and um, you know applicants and uh, people who are interviewing in the process. But it's all within one interface. It's all within one place. And you can see all those different job opportunities that people are being considered for in one single view. And they all um, are connected when it comes to analytics. That's interesting. So uh, we're getting into a little bit of the weeds here. And, um, yeah. But 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 it's interesting to me, um, and I'm not a computer uh, software <laughs> engineer either. So so um, at some point I'll say, okay, let's. Uh, but anyways, is it a single application? Is it essentially a yeah. single? Okay, All absolutely. Right. Okay, so it's a single database and a 
exactly okay i mean i was just kind of thinking conceptualizing in my head again not being a computer programmer i'm thinking myself (laughs) i mean really all you need to know is all the data is in one place as opposed to being in a bunch of different places (laughs) that's really the whole point right but at the same time even let's put it this way even even somebody who's not a computer programmer can see that i mean i can't imagine trying to integrate a separate crm with this with a with with an ats i mean that just you know, it, I think it would just not be worth the hassle even. I mean, it... yeah, unfortunately, that's kind of where where things started. And so it's hard to um, it's hard to sometimes kind of go from uh, thinking about, hey, we've always done it this way to a, a new way of doing it. And that's why we've always uh, thought about in the workflows, uh, you know, in Lever, it, it honestly feels like uh, you're just using an ATS or you're just mm. using a CRM. It just happens to be one tool, right? Um, and so uh, you don't have to be a techno whiz to understand it. It it just works. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. You know, it, it's like when I buy a car, I, it, it just works. <laughs> yeah, um, don't think about it. <laughs> yeah, best not to. Um, you know what's interesting, though? It, it's, we're, we're, now we're... Now, the semantics are super interesting to me right now. It seems to me that these terms, applicant, applicant tracking system or candidate relationship management uh, system, especially applicant tracking system, it seems mm-hmm. to me that that was just a term that, that you know, sort of organically developed because that's what we knew how to do or that's where we started yeah. doing it first. And I mean, have we sort of outgrown the idea of an applicant tracking system? Yes, the answer is yes. I mean, uh, the the term comes from this idea of a workflow, right? So um, the workflow is still relevant. The workflow is someone um, hears about your job, maybe through uh, a job site or classifies of some kind, and then um, they come to your job site, they apply, and you take that um, new application, review it, and then you know bring them into the interview process, like we all know. Um, and that's absolutely still something people do. So it's still a very relevant workflow, but the reality is that it doesn't describe what modern recruiting is really like, because that's just one of many different things. Um, Sourcing is also a critical element to hiring. Referrals are a critical element to hiring, and they might be active or passive. You might have someone say like, hey, this person I know wants to apply. And that's a little bit more like your ATS workflow, but um, you might have someone say, well, I really like this person. We worked with them before. I don't know if they'd want a new job, but I would love to work with them again. Let's try and go get them. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's a little bit more like sourcing, right? Um, And this is all happening all at the same time. And you've got recruiters who are doing a a lot of these different activities at the same time. You might have some specialization perhaps, um, but typically recruiters find that at different points in time, they're doing different kinds of hiring workflows. And ultimately... Um, that kind of points to the fact that it no longer makes sense to call the ATS the the system of record because it's just one of many types of hiring activities. Um, so when we talk about the category and we've started to see others really adopt this, um, you know, we really think of it as it is a talent acquisition suite. That is kind of the 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 descriptor of the software in the most simple terms possible. Um, and you know, ATS is just one workflow in that, in that talent acquisition platform. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that certainly, uh, seems to me to be the right direction to go. Um, and, and I'm sure, I'm sure, um, 
somebody out there is trying to think of, a, of another term other than talent acquisition suite. I mean, <laughs> it's definitely- a It really has been bad. tried, but you know, at this point, Gartner wrote up a report and so we'll probably all just be like, good enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I know. So same same thing with employee experience, you know, this, um, yeah. Josh, a, a very important concept yeah. that uh, Josh Burson came up with. And yes. now we are talking about it and it's definitely moving the right direction, but I, I would love to see, you know, what what's the next and I don't know what it is, but I'd love to see what is that next concept going to take employee experience to the next level, at least semantically. I don't know. We we don't have to get into that right now necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, one thing that's that's interesting to me is, um, so if let's let's say you're you're an organization and you're uh, unfortunate enough to be uh, contending with or or dealing with uh, maybe an archaic ATS, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, but it's, you know, it's a sunk cost, it's there, you, you know, and, and then maybe you have some other systems that you're using for your, for your um, talent acquisition as well. I'm, I'm going to, mm -hmm. I'm going to stop short of saying maybe you have a candidate relationship management system in place too, because if you have an old ATS, you probably don't have uh, a CRM in place. Um, but there, there's, there's sort of a, um, a, um, so it'd be tough thinking about how you would quantify, how would you measure um, the, the elimination of that system and the replacement of it with, with a, we'll call it a talent acquisition suite, right? Mm -hmm. which, which is, uh, you know, which is the, a, the ATS and the CRM mm -hmm. all on one application. It's basically a much richer sort of ecosystem for, for engaging and managing, um, you know, potentially incoming talent. Okay. So now you have, so there's a, there's a lot of potential upside there, right? Mm -hmm. But, but, but it, it's to me, it seems, well, let me ask a question, I guess. How do you, how do you go to, um, to a company and say, you know, look, um, this would be a lot better for you. What sure. is, uh, you know, how, how do you, I guess, what's the pitch? Um, and, and I can think <laughs> of many, you know, I'm just curious. Um, I have a couple ideas I'll share in a moment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I'd love to hear your ideas. That's always useful. But, um, <laughs> you know, truthfully, it, it's it's a partnership. Um, when you're engaging with a customer who's um, looking to modernize their, uh, their tech stack, it's almost always for some reason, you know, like at the end of the day, there's some sort of business motivation. Um, you know, maybe you're going through a digital transformation and mm -hmm your business is evolving from being uh, much more about producing physical process products to more digital products, or maybe the way that you're, you know, going through the process of um, making things is changing really radically and you need different kinds of talent in your organization or you're marketing through different channels and you need really different kinds of talent. So um, I, there's not a one size fits all business mm -hmm. case because it's very specific to the organization and where they are on the maturity curve of understanding um, ultimately, uh, hey, here's where we are. And um, there's no you know, right or wrong, like that, it's just a point, um, it's just a state. And mm. um, you know, we have a goal to be here. And that's something that uh, you know, at Lever, we really engage on, on kind of a case-by-case -case basis with our customers to partner with them and help them to build a strategy to get them from where they are to where they want to go. 
Mm -hmm. um, so I, I certainly wouldn't start with something like, you know, universal. I would actually start with something that's very connected to the business problems, the positive outcomes that people might be able to achieve. Um, mm -hmm. And then, you know, honestly, part of making the business case, um, recruiters and talent acquisition folks and uh, people in HR and, and talent operations are probably really excited to put in place something more modern. Um, so that's not usually too much of an uphill battle, but there could be other resistance internally. Maybe people are saying, hey, I'm not sure if this is a priority. And usually how we approach that is by um, equipping the folks that are excited to make a change with uh, a story around what you know what could be possible but also what what can we avoid what are the possible things that could go wrong if we don't change uh, um and what does that look like mm -hmm. and will this help to to avoid that because a lot of times that's a lot more um real and concrete to folks who um you need to build a business case with is what why is this necessary a lot of times it's to avoid some sort of negative um outcome that's possible if you don't invest risk risk mitigation right exactly i mean yeah, yeah so it's know. a little bit of both yeah that's interesting so so you kind of went where i was thinking um uh, a rendition of what i was thinking um just <laughs> yeah no what are to... your ideas maybe i have something to learn from you brett <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i don't know if i have uh too 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 much of a of a crazy idea here but but i i get more of an observation i think is this idea that you know when you have this sort of clunky, bad situation in place for your talent acquisition from a technology standpoint. There's a lot of, there's not just a lot of inefficiencies there. I mean, you can definitely make the case, a business case for, you know, a reduction in labor expenditure, a faster, you know, faster uh, KPIs and this sort of time to fill and all this kind of stuff, right? Um, but there's also sort of a lost upside um, benefit to the organization. So, mm -hmm. you know, you, you very well may, as an organization in that situation, you're almost certainly missing out on finding top talent who, who would come into the organization and bring you to the next level and, exactly. and maybe uh, lead to X amount of, of additional revenue or whatever it is, right? There's no knowing what that number, what you cannot quantify. It's just, it's some potentially large amount that you never realized because you have that situation that you're that you're dealing with right so that's so that's kind of where I was going with is you know it there's there's so much more to, to the potential uh, financially quantifiable benefit eventually to the organization that makes this leap and decides you know we are going to digitally transform our talent acquisition mm -hmm. ecosystem and so, so, you know, to kind of bring this full circle to what you were talking about is it sounds to me that 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 it's really important important for that. Well, let's put it this way. A com I think I think an organization really needs to be in a place where, like you said, it understands already it's already reached the conclusion on its of its own volition on its own that right yeah we're going through a digital transformation we want to move to the next level with our technology and all this kind of stuff exactly yeah i mean the advice i would give uh to a lot of talent acquisition professionals and of course this is all situational but um if we were to kind of summarize would would be something to the effect of um really leaning into empathy i mean it might sound a little mm -hmm. bit squishy but i think it's i think it's always the most effective way to engage with other people is to start with 
what do they care about? Um, what is their motivation here? And how can I help them to be successful? You know, like, don't think about, are they going to like me? Are they going to think my plans are good? Think about what makes them look good. Um, and so a lot of times talent acquisition uh, leaders are, are in charge of these decisions, but there's a lot of other folks in the organization that care immensely about the outcomes. Mm -hmm. And if you're able to make a strong case for, hey, if we're able to um, do this, here's what I've heard from you, you really care about. You know, you want to expand our team in this way, or maybe change geographies, or what have you. Um, bring in these new skills. Here's why I see this as a solution to that, and here's how we'll be able to concretely measure it as we go. Um, and that really gives people the assurance that there is a plan, um, and also that's that's kind of doing the work of starting to build that concrete um, positive potential that you talked about. You know, once you can break it down into goals, maybe you can say, let's uh, start bringing in talent that we just don't have. And when we do that, we'll be able to do these new things that maybe makes a new line of business or just increases our efficiency. And, you know, the possible outcome could be this. And, you know, that's something we can measure. Um, so I think it kind of comes full circle back to the conversation we had about um, being data driven and measurement. Um, this is often how one makes the case for marketing programs. And I think there's a lot to learn from that. You know, when you're saying, let's go ahead and let's spend a bunch of money on um, sharing our brand story or um, maybe advertising in, you know, this particular channel, um, doing a partnership with these other folks and sharing revenue with them. A lot of times you're talking about how, like what the potential of that is. Um, before you've even done it, and then you want to measure to see whether um, in real life that, you know, the, the practice meets the, the, uh, the plan that you put forth. Um, and so that's, you know, that's where I would start is, is really understand the other leaders in the organization and, and what they're looking to achieve and what's important to them. And then, you know, really craft a story around how um, a technology investment and also coming with it often is, is um, some investment from the recruitment team side as well, can really support that um, and, and how it can be concretely measured. Um, so these are things we commonly, you know, really partner with our customers in crafting as we're thinking about, you know, even just is this system the right fit for you and going into the implementation and uh, ultimately using it uh, day to day. Yeah. It, it just seems to be essential to have that, um, that, well, the recruiting team, it seems, it seems that you're, what you're equipping the recruiting team with too, is an ability to be a little bit more visionary for the organization to be a exactly. little bit more strategic for them to, right. And, and I, I imagine. You can really flip the script. A lot of times recruiters are, um, they feel like they're the last ones to know. <laughs> this is a pretty <laughs> common thing. Um, yeah. they're like, wow, you've already made a whole plan and decided how many people we're hiring and how much money we're going to spend on it. And you haven't even talked to us <laughs> like about whether that's possible. Um, and, you know, flip the scripts, right? Like have the recruiting team can do so much to say, let us help you strategize. Let us help you to tell you what's possible that you might have never thought about before um, and kind of really change from being uh, an organization that's just supporting. I think supporting is really important. There's nothing wrong with that at all. 
but also be a strategic partner as well. Well, you said about, well, well, first of all, it's, it's kind of like, um, you know, the line workers on the shop floor, um, they, all of a sudden there's a new widget to put in uh, such and such place. And hey, you want us to put that there now? Are you kidding me? You know, yeah, do yeah. it. You know, <laughs> that's, you want to get away from that sort of, you know, uh, top down or, you know. Well, that's of, the whole Toyota model and why they, they really had a huge amount of success as they said, hey, the folks closest to the work are the ones who know the most. So let's learn from them. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Um, um, I love the the automotive uh, analogies. They, they make sense all so many times. Um, the empathy part is is. I'm looking at the time, and I, I can't believe it, it's, it's gone so fast. <laughs> and we only have a couple, a uh, few more minutes here. But but I do want to just. You said a couple of things that are super interesting and, and relevant and pertinent. Uh, this idea of empathy, you know, 360 Insights, we're always interested in just looking at the, you know, the technology buying software, enterprise software buying process today. It's so much different than it was 15 years ago. Extremely. This is old hat. You know, I, everyone knows it's not driven by IT anymore, obviously. They do still have a say, right? Mm -hmm. They are one stakeholder, but you have so many stakeholders. You described uh, a few minutes ago this idea that, you know, the recruiting team or the talent acquisition team has its they'd be really jazzed about this. You know, this is, this. wow, we're going to have this new system in place. That's, we really want this. We're so excited. And they have their own reasons for that. And one of them is, you know, they, you know let's be frank, they're, they're just kind of, they don't want to deal with the administrative tedium or just, you know, re-entering things all the time or opening right. different systems and all that. Um, but that empathy piece seems to me um, to be, I, I don't think it's too touchy-feely. I think it's, um, I think it's absolutely essential. You know, if you have so many stakeholders involved in the technology decision-making process today, you need to understand, you need to have sort of a, a conception of what, what the CFO is interested in. And the CFO has to have a conception of what the, the talent acquisition team has, has in exactly. mind. And so to have, a, to have a technology in place, a software that actually enables the recruiting team to, 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 to deliver higher level value to the organization seems to me to be a good uh, move in, in, in that direction. I was having a conversation recently with um, uh, an HR, uh, VP of HR operations at a, at a global asset management firm. And, um, and he's all about the HR technologist, right? Mm -hmm. And I would say maybe that the, the TA technologist as well, having mm -hmm. a real good understanding of that technology so that you can explain the need to those stakeholders in the organization, and then obviously get the most out of the um, out of solution as well. Hundred percent, yeah. And I think you know the the concept of empathy is something that it, it goes deep in our organization. It's it's actually a cultural value. We have a cultural value which is about uh, championing cross functional empathy. And the reason we in particular <clears throat> talk about that it's it's very connected to this idea of both ourselves being more successful as well as helping our customers to be more mm -hmm. successful. Because what we've seen is that when uh, recruiters and hiring managers, folks on the interviewing team, folks on the finance team, folks on the HR team, they all really embrace that they're all part of what makes that company really exceptional at being able to hire. You know, a recruiter might be the one who um, develops a really deep and meaningful relationship with a candidate. Uh, who's particularly important to that organization and becomes their advocate in the process. Uh, a hiring manager might be the person who can best 
really sell the opportunity, say like, this is why you want to join this organization. Maybe they'll even be reporting to that person. Um, so building that relationship as kind of a report and manager and being able to describe the opportunity of the company and the opportunity of that particular role and career path. Uh, the interviewing team, of course, contributes a lot to making the right decision, um, can also help to bring in more diversity into the process, which can really help to build affinity and a sense of belonging and inclusion with a, a wider variety of folks. Um, so it's a really important part of building diverse teams, which is another really important topic. Um, so when you think about all the different roles that the different folks play, they're all critical. And what we've seen is that one of the simplest, and again, back to basics, uh, one of the simplest but most effective ways that teams can get better at hiring is honestly to just build a lot of trust and great relationships among those folks. Mm -hmm. If the recruiter understands the value that the hiring manager brings and you know trusts them and wants to work with them and vice versa, if the hiring manager loves working with that recruiter, you're gonna get better at hiring. Um, yeah. So take the time to like build those relationships, build that understanding um, is something we really advocate for. Um, and it's part of every step. It's part of the buying process, it's part of uh, continuing to get uh, buy-in to the goals over time. And it's part of uh, just frankly, being really good at hiring <laughs> at the yeah. end of the day. <laughs> and, and give them a tool, a software, a technological tool that enables them to maximize that that um, that synergy between those people. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, we always say it's, it's a lot harder to build software that uh, feels human, <laughs> that feels <laughs> like it helps you to be human instead of feels like you're bowing down to the robots. Um, right. So we think about that a lot is when we when we think about how we design features, um, what what patterns to make the defaults, we really encourage collaboration, um, engagement, um, you know, recruiters shouldn't be spending their time going to hiring managers and trying to get them to submit feedback. That's silly. Right. Uh, the tool should take care of that. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> you, so, you mentioned you okay. mentioned the robots, and and um, we don't have enough time. But that that really is one of my favorite topics. Is you know the the robots or the AI and yeah. what its role is going to be in the future work. Maybe that will, maybe that can be our next conversation. Maybe that can be our next conversation. I think there is a role as long as they as long as we keep the human relationships at the heart of it. <laughs> agreed. Agreed. Well, thank you so much, Nate. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, thank you, Brent. It was amazing to chat and looking forward to the next one. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, have a wonderful day. Thanks, you too.